MSW Media. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. This Sunday, October 4th, is National Vodka Day. Now, for tens of adult beverage lovers across this great nation, it's a day to celebrate a popular drink, commemorate its history, and get hella wasted on that blandest of white spirits. Now, National Vodka Day's roots can be traced back to 2009, when someone who was clearly being paid too much by a liquor industry consortium took it upon themselves to invent it. To make it official, another probably less well-compensated person created a just-this-side-of-parody website. To be fair, it's more professional-looking than the sites for National Taco Day, also Sunday, October 4th, National Chicken Wing Day, July 29th, and National Grab Some Nuts Day, August 3rd. Now, do not confuse that last one with National Scratch Your Nuts Day, which is, let me just check my calendar, today! And tomorrow, I celebrated yesterday, too. What can I say? I'm full of the scratch-your-nuts spirit. After several hours of research, I have come to the conclusion that nobody knows who's actually responsible for establishing National Vodka Day. All right, that's not true. I must confess, I couldn't get myself to give half a piece of dried-out sheep shit about who started it. And to be frank, the lion's share of my research came out of the bottle, though I did put many hours into it. But as a longtime connoisseur of terrible, terrible things, I'll gladly raise a toast. Here we go. Yeah. That's vodka. To the trailblazing son of a bitch that started National Vodka Day, as well as the sad, sad employee that had to build its website. And you know what? Let's give the Taco Day guy some, too. Nice job, Taco Guy. I'm going to have both of you over when National Bullshit Holiday Day rolls around which is traditionally celebrated the seventh Tuesday of Craptember. Now, some of you might be wondering, why have a National Vodka Day in the first place? Or what's the significance of October 4th? Or does the fact that I'm thinking about venturing out during a pandemic so I can celebrate a fake holiday mean I'm an alcoholic? Well, stop with all your wondering. It's only going to get in the way of the fun. Sure, it's ridiculous to have a national holiday to celebrate a distilled spirit, especially one that wasn't even invented here. And yes, fine, according to the National Vodka Day website, which I now use as my browser's default, I might add, the date was chosen at random. That's right, October 4th, randomly chosen. And I think that's very festive. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. You're risking contracting a deadly virus on October 4th so you can drink Smirnoff for 16 hours straight. It doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. It just means you really like tacos. At least that's what any halfway resourceful alcoholic is telling himself and his concerned loved ones. No, but seriously, you should not go out to celebrate National Vodka Day this Sunday. Don't. It's too dangerous. 
My point is, there is absolutely no point to National Vodka Day other than it being another excuse to drink, like Cinco de Mayo, Arbor Day, and Yom Kippur, which was just a few days ago. I'm still feeling the effects of that bender. Look, when an excuse to drink presents itself, you run with it. In fact, I propose we add a National Drunk People Running Day to the calendar. How we've needed one ever since they banned alcohol at Beta Breakers up in San Francisco. I don't even know if that's ever coming back. Oh, come back, world, come back. But enough justifications. The real question you should be asking is what type of vodka should you celebrate National Taco Day with? At home. And while it might make sense to go with the standby top shelf brands, Absolute, Stoli, Grey Goose, Kettle One, and their ilk, you know what would really class up those tacos? Flavored vodkas. Yeah. And luckily, the super classy vodka industry has introduced some real doozies over the years. Take Alaska Distillery's smoked salmon-flavored vodka, for instance. It was designed to be used in Bloody Marys, but don't let that stop you. Let the beguiling flavor and aroma of fish into your life by drinking it neat. Just promise me you won't make a Moscow Mule or a Greyhound with it. I'd say you could pour it over a bagel, but just try explaining that to your concerned loved ones. Although you probably could have gotten away with it a couple of days ago on Yom Kippur. Why didn't I think of that? So yeah, fish vodka. At least it's flavored with something edible. But what if you want to drink something that you should, under no circumstances, ever swallow? Well, my friends, I have you covered. Years ago, I came across a bottle of booze called Ivana Bitch, as in Trump's first wife's name, with bitch tacked onto the end of it. Or as Trump probably refers to it, her name. Ivana Bitch is a tobacco-flavored vodka. Tobacco-flavored vodka. The only reason I can think that someone would make such a thing is because vodka doesn't kill you quickly enough. Now, in the name of science and in honor of Ivana Bitch's glorious name, I actually tried a shot of this marvelous concoction back then, and I nearly hurled. Now, you may have heard people use the term nearly hurled before as colorful hyperbole. It's a way of indicating that something is disgusting, but we all understand that the person who said it was never actually on the verge of heaving the contents of his or her stomach across the room. But not this time, friends. When I say I nearly hurled after downing a shot of Ivana bitch, that is a precise, 100% literal description. My body knew I was doing something deeply wrong to it, and immediately rebelled. In the end, though, the sensible part of me was overruled by the Irish part of me, and my cookies remained untossed. Still, I should make one thing extremely clear, if it wasn't already. I doubt that it's still around. Then again... Wasn't that long ago I thought the same thing about fascists and the KKK. So who knows? But here's what I do know. If you care about yourself or your rug, stay the fuck away from Ivana Bitch tobacco-flavored vodka. Now, some of you may be asking yourself, Dan, when are you going to talk about caramel and blackcurrant and root beer-flavored vodka? We used to love drinking those at the highlighter mixers at Theta Phi Gamma. And to you, I say no. These... Fun vodkas are where I draw the line. Vodka's been bullying the entire alcohol market for decades now. It's bad enough that you have to specify that you want gin and a martini these days. Beer sales have been declining in recent years as vodka's fortunes continue to rise. But it must end here. Because for centuries, these fun flavors could only be found in schnapps. Poor little schnapps with its sad bottom shelf section and dusty bottles and terrible hangovers. First vodka came for gin and I said nothing. Then vodka came for beer and I said nothing. 
Well, I'll be good and goddamned if I'm not going to stick up for schnapps in their hour of need. Vodka's is not supposed to be fun. Vodka was invented as a way of grimly making yourself as intoxicated as possible. Ask any 19th century Russian peasant. You want fun? Go see schnapps. So October 16th is National Liqueur Day, people. Fire up Drizzly or Caskers or whatever booze delivery service you're using these days and get yourself some DeKuyper butter shots. It tastes like two butterscotches are fucking in your mouth. And while you're at it, stock up on banana, watermelon, bubblegum, and whipped cream schnapps too. Because with so many flavored spirits that sound as though they were made by Oompa Loompas and belong in juice boxes, it's only a matter of time before some moron invents a national drink like a third grader day. Oh, hey, look. I just did. Craptember 3rd. See you on the playground. How's it? It's Neil Everett from ESPN. You're listening to What We're Drinking. This is best-selling author Joel Stein. We've got BK Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard, also known as the duo Florida-Georgia line. Well, I'm from Georgia, and he's from Florida, but we... We we, met in Tennessee. We we met in Nashville. Well, we met on eHarmony. Tiffany Thiessen, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always good to see you. And same, same. To the man himself, Kenny Chesney. Very exciting time in my life and um, something that has been a vision of mine for a while. Hey, everybody. This is Ed Kowalczyk from the band Life, and you're listening right now to the second best voice from Pennsylvania. To come full circle like we have and be playing at the level that we're playing and having the fun that we're having... Everybody's just like, pinch me. Very, very, very thrilled to welcome Nathaniel Rateliff. The Night Sweats idea was just kind of like me in my attic. I didn't even know it was ever going to be a record than anybody that saw the light of day. So I'm here with Matthew McConaughey. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I said, could you throw a few stalks of sugar cane in there? He's like, hell no, I can't. I go, I know you can't, but... My old pal Adam Carolla Ace, how are you? You don't know why I've continued to do your shows, or you I don't know why you love me. Pull, I think you're just going to pull the ring and just go, you know what? I've had enough of this fucking shit. But maybe it's the alcohol. Must be that. I don't have a very high threshold for like what I'll do and what I'll not do. <laughs> Hi, this is Kurt Russell. and I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Dita Von Teese. I'm yeah. not trying to shock anybody. I'm trying to change people's minds about what it is to be a stripper. Man, do I stink. I stink. I'm sitting here in front of this microphone. And I'm like, what is that smell? And that smell is me. That's bad, right? Damn quarantine. I just don't shower enough. Whew. Really. I'm not joking. I can smell myself. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's more powerful than the vodka that I'm drinking. Uh, where were we? Oh, I was, that's right. I was ranting about stupid made up drinking holidays. And you know, there's another element to this that I want to touch upon. So for that, I want to take you back about four years. It was uh, early June and I was hunkered down at one of my favorite local watering holes, a place called the corner door in Culver city. It's a charming spot, got a stellar cocktail program. So I ordered a Negroni, my go-to starter drink back then. I used to kick off nights out with a couple of 12 mile limits, very potent drink, but my hangover allergy put an end to that. Besides, a 12-mile anything in L.A. invariably takes at least 90 minutes. The bartender's name was Bethany Ham, And as she slid my favorite ruby-colored libation in front of me, she asked if I had anything fun planned for National Negroni Week. Now, I'll admit, I hadn't heard of this before. Again, this is 2016 we're talking about. 
too embarrassed to admit that after you know 20 years on the adult beverage beat, so I tried to play it cool, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. When's that happening again? And she said, oh, it started yesterday. And then she enumerated a shocking number of Negroni-related specials available around town. It was like Negronis served in light bulbs at Bel Campo, Negroni burgers at Umami, ice cream Negronis at Sprinkles, Negroni-infused butt implants at Dr. Nip and Tucks in Beverly Hills. And she pointed out it's all for charity. There's images of rag-clad liquor company execs rattling change cups on Skid Row faded from my head. My thoughts shifted. As far as manufactured holidays invented to boost liquor company profits go, maybe National Negroni Week isn't so bad. Turned out Bethany was right. It does raise money for the needy. I I looked it up. I went to the National Negroni Week website. And in 2015, more than 3,500 venues around the world participated, and they raised just over $320,000 for charitable causes. Sounds wonderful, right? I mean, almost a third of a million bucks going to people that need it and otherwise wouldn't have gotten it. I did the one thing a booze pro should never do. The math. According to my calculations, $320,000 from 3,500 venues averages out to $91.43 per venue. Over a week, that averages to $13.06 per day, which four years ago was roughly the cost of one Los Angeles-priced Negroni. Sans tip per day, minus administrative costs and adjusted for exchange rates. And you know what? On second thought, as far as holidays invented by liquor companies to boost their profits go, maybe National Negroni Week is so bad. I just want people to be honest when they lie to me. There are a lot of regular old run-of-the-mill invented liquor company holidays, like the aforementioned National Vodka Day. Hell, Irish coffee gets an entire week at the end of January. And if you want to insert an Irish drinking joke, go for it. But what I really appreciate about these phony observances is that their organizers had the decency to avoid any and all philanthropic pretense. These fake holidays are naked attempts to goose interest in sales for no reason other than to goose interest in sales. They are honest lies that embody America's two fundamental values, greed and shamelessness. Besides that, these designated drinking days are an important piece of the social contract. I want to get loaded on Yom Kippur, and these people tell me that it's a normal and natural thing to want to do so long as I drink a specific kind of booze. And that's where the relationship should end. But when someone tries to manipulate me with elusive appeals to my sense of magnanimity, things get weird fast. Because let's get one thing straight. I don't drink to help people. I drink to crush the spirits of the people who love me most. Convincing me I'm somehow helping by drinking enough Negronis to fill Arnold Schwarzenegger's swimming pool, is nothing but empty pandering. Just tell me it's a holiday, and I'll drink your shit. I live for this stuff, which is why I've made the ultimate sacrifice. Yes, Negronis are objectively the most refreshing, high-proof cocktail in existence, and yes, they are very hard to screw up, so you can order them in bars that aren't trying to convince themselves they're living in 1929. But no, no more. I haven't ordered a single Negroni since that early June night at the corner door four years ago. If I've learned anything in my 30-some-odd years on this planet, it's that sometimes you've got to take a stand, like refusing to admit you dye your hair and are actually way older than you claim to be, even when people point out that it's not what it says on your stupid liar of a driver's license. You can measure age your way, I'll measure it my way. I've decided you're only as old as how many Negronis you've had in your life. In other words... I have found a way to stop time. You're welcome. Taking a stand isn't always easy, particularly if you drink for a living, but it's all that separates us from politicians. 
I didn't want to abandon my beloved Negronis, but I did it anyway. Does that make me a hero? Probably. Will it magically cause me to never age another day? Without a doubt. All I know is that when COVID ends and I finally have the opportunity to visit a bar, I'll be ordering a brace of 12-mile limits. Hangover be damned. Take that, charity. Folks, I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy, I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. How? Well, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair, and your hair will take care of you. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jason Aldean, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Thank you, Jason Aldean. He's the guest on the next episode of this show. That's right, the very next episode featuring country music superstar Jason Aldean, who's got a new bourbon out. So you got to tune in for that one. Coming up in just a couple of days. So before we get out of here, I want to tell you a little bit about a product. That's right, a product review. A broccolati is one of my favorite scotches. I love broccolati. I love saying broccolati. And if you know of them, you probably know of Octomore. Octomore is one of the peatiest scotches in the world. The makers of Octomore describe it as a what-if idea. What if they ripped up the whiskey rule book? What if they distilled the world's most heavily peated single malt? What if the malt was distilled and aged just half the conventional maturation time and then bottled at cash strength? So, yeah, what if? And what it is is it's it's just an incredibly peaty whiskey that kind of defies its... It, 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 in theory, it's too strong, it's too young, it's too heavily peated, but on the palate, it's just layer upon layer of sophisticated single malt. So... They have just debuted, I mean, just debuted, their, the 11th series. They do, I mean, one, two, three, right? 11. And uh, it it's just came out. I mean, just came out, and I got to try some of these. There's the 11.1, the 11.2. You get the picture. It keeps going up. And uh, they are just structurally brilliant scotches. Again, so much peat. But also you get some, there's a balance there between that smoke and sweet vanilla. It's only spent five years in contact with this fresh first fill wood, meaning they get these barrels right at the bourbon barrels right after they do one bourbon. They they have had nothing else in them other than the bourbon. I guess they're getting their cast from Beam and Heaven Hill and Jack Daniels. It's bottled at almost 60% alcohol, 59.4%. It's unchill filtered, color free. Ah, oh, God, they're all so good. And if you get a chance to pick up uh, Broccolati Octomore, the 11 series, you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm telling you. I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot today. I've, I've been ranting. I've been just doing my yelling. Sorry. I apologize. I maybe let me just bring on. Some. Oh, that's going to make me feel better. La, 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 la. 
Uh, like I said, Jason Aldean's on the next show. Follow me at The Imbiber on Twitter and Instagram. Check me out on Flaviar's Nightcap Live every Thursday. Flaviar's YouTube channel. Sorry, I'm yelling again. God damn it. Please come back. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme peace. Oh, there we go. Gimme drums too. La 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 la.